November 12, 2022. It's a Waffle B Row Show.
Show it. happy Saturday. Exactly. Okay, exactly. we started off with John Coltrane uh, with Cecil Taylor, huh? Quintet. Only time oh, they nice. did this jam with Just Friends. And then we had Nation of Ulysses with Adam. Bob. Yeah. And people, you could tell I'm not man alone because of those Skype uh, inventors in Estonia. I got Ian Svavonius. How do I pronounce it right? It's Svenonius, like Svengali. Okay, Svenonius. Yeah, it's a beautiful It's actually Swedish. <laughs> it's a trip. You got, well, you got, <laughs> but but it's a huge honor to have you on the show. Well, you, thank you. It's an honor to be here. Do you remember our uh, conversation at the library all those years oh, ago? Oh, absolute. That was a great, that was oh, like, my like the highlight of uh, my interview show. I loved it. I thought, I was like, wow, I just... This guy, he's got the soul of a Russian poet, and I, I just loved it. <laughs> and it you great. gave me your little pink book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you were, uh, we were hanging backstage with Jennifer Harima. Have you had her on the show yet? No, the Black Banana Lady, right? Yeah, I mean that would be a good show. Yeah, yeah, I gotta have her on. She's yeah. I got to. Uh, there was a benefit for Ronnie's uh, pet thing in, in, in Ann Arbor and I actually she, she did some Stooges songs and I got to uh, share a stage with her no way peachy way <laughs> wait Ron, you mean Ron Ashton well yeah Ronnie yeah yeah Ronnie 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 Ashton but this is wow. uh, many uh, you know he, he's he been gone since uh, a little while was it I saw you play with I him I think Ron, it was well, 2009 well, it was incredible yeah. It really blew my mind. Well, he's the reason I, w I got to help the Stooges. He's the man. Yeah. I, I remember getting the call from Mig. He said, Mike, Ronnie says you're the man. <laughs> I was like, oh, fuck. He said, will you do me a favor? Will you uh, wear a T-shirt instead of flannel? I said, fuck yeah. That's John Fogarty. I, I said, what about Converse and Levi? He said, that's strong. I <laughs> <laughs> Look, please bring your earliest musical recollection. My earliest musical recollection? I don't know, just uh, probably, you know, like record covers and, you know, and uh, kind of the, you know, the spell they cast and uh, on a, on a, you know, on a toddler, you know, just the, you know, I don't know, just they all seem really lascivious and attractive and repulsive and uh and then you know and radio just radio being a constant constant uh you know it was just constantly on and then uh and then uh you, you know for yeah i don't know i don't know just uh you know music is a ubiquitous presence in uh you know teenage or you know whatever you know suburban suburban american life it was just the guy, you know, it was the guiding light and the escape, escape hatch to use the cliche. Now, was there any instruments in the pad you grew up? Yeah, yeah. My my dad was a classical musician, actually. Classical. Whoa, what'd he work? 
he played flute, violin, piano, and I actually have his acoustic guitar, but I didn't really play. Uh, I didn't really play instruments. Yeah, that's, I, that's I, why I, I was determined to just be a singer. I wanted to be like, you know, Sinatra, George Clinton, James Brown, just a singer, kind of like Jennifer Harriman, you know, just a singer who was the ultimate performer stylist. So now I play guitar and stuff, but I didn't, I, I purposefully didn't for a long time. Yeah, but I think the voice is a fucking instrument. Maybe thank you. Thanks for saying that. Yeah. yeah, I don't like this whole idea, this like denigration of the, the or the singer's contribution to songwriting. It's always kind of just dismissed. You know, you know the only one get treated worse is drummers. God, what about <laughs> them? In, in the rear uh, with all the and, gear. Yeah. Well, that's a real reversal because if you think about, um, you know, drummers in the old bands like Gene Krupa, Buddy Rich, and all the, you know, all those people, they were the band leaders. They drove the bus. Everybody deferred to them. Yeah. And the vocalist was this kind of, you know, person they summoned on stage for a song or two. And then, it, you know, reversed. Gene Krupa, um, you know, uh, Raymond Pettibone took me to see uh, Anito Day, right? Tangerine. I love Anita O'Day. Yeah, oh, my God. oh Christ. Now, some of the, I think she went to jail Anita for O'Day. him. Anita O'Day on Verve, I listen to those records more than, than anything. Okay, okay. What about uh first record you bought with your own money? Uh, it would be a Beatles record, you know. I don't know which one. Probably Beatles 6 or one of those, you know, mid-60s ones with a lot of covers on it. Bad Boy by Larry Williams and, uh, you know, stuff like that. And first gig you saw? Well, the first gig I saw was probably some, you know, it was uh, this washboard band. Because, uh, you know, that was the era, the washboard bands. You know, it was like... Uh, <laughs> Fuck, I saw a fucking Jim Daddy Magnum rock <laughs> a fucking washboard with Black Oak at the Cal Jam. Black Oak, Arkansas was a big inspiration for Nation of Ulysses, you know, because their right? first record, their first record, uh, you you were buying into the, into the, you know, their compound, and you bought like a piece of property. Yeah, well, they, they had a thing in the album cover, right? You, you, a piece of Arkansas or some shit. Exactly. You like if you bought that record, you were a co-owner in their in their kind of compound. So that's kind of like the Nation of Ulysses, where we were trying to secede from the United States and create a, you know, a political utopia. And, uh, yeah, that, you know, I know this cat cause Jim Danny was, ta uh, you know, torn after black Oak and he would, he'd be like Chuck Berry where he, he didn't carry a band. There'd be a promoter would provide right each town. Yeah. And this cat was going to be the guitar man. And like minutes before they go on stage, they get in a big fight over whether Cap Beefheart's an asshole or not. <laughs> I know. Is that a trip? That's a so wait, was trip. Jim Dandy um, coming down Jim, he, on, Yeah, he did not dig Cap Beefheart. Wow. Give me that so heart boy. Did you know, they, everybody did thinks they that. It? You know, give me that heart boy, right? They think, there ain't no fat man. To, they think that's about the, the, that dude in... Uh, what was that band? Kane Heat. And it wasn't. Oh, it was about, yeah. it, it actually was in the, the head of the whiskey. This is in the Mike Barnes book. Uh, 
that there, him and Lil Walter had a fucking dually. Wait, the bear from Canned Heat and Lil Walter? No, that song ain't about that big fat guy, uh, Bob Height. You know, the, they called Bear or some shit. It yeah. ain't about him. That's that's my point. It was actually about this duel where they, because Captain could fucking blow mean heart, and fucking Lil Walter is the big daddy, right? I mean, okay, Jesus. What what about uh, school? Were you in the choir or the marching band or shit like that? No. No, not really. No. Yeah, yeah. So what about after school? Not after you graduate, but in the afternoon. Were you a garage band, basement band? Uh, you know, um, you know, I was uh, trying to, you know, make bands um, with these kids. Yeah. And uh, when I was in high school, but, uh, you know, it was all pretty. Um, it was all pretty um, aimless. And, uh, you know, I, I really feel like. Uh, you know, punk and um, hardcore, hardcore particularly, I really feel like it's a manifestation of neglect, you know, and, um, and this isn't not, not to, you know, I'm not whinging or, you know, saying, you know, people should feel sorry for uh, us, but, um, but I feel like it was, uh, it was really born of neglect and the kind of like, um, you know, it was, uh, kind of the, the sound of a generation who weren't kind of, you know, didn't have any tools and there was not, nothing was really marketed to them and there was no way for that. You know, it was really like this music of, you know, of abject uh, neglect and, and, you know, ignorance, ignorance about playing music, how to write a song and, um, and no access to any kind of, uh, you know, media or, you know, ability to, you know, kind of, you know, proliferate, you know, and that's why, you know, hardcore developed as it did in a very super autonomous, essentially in a bubble with no kind of um, hope or, you know, you know, what, you know it's a trip though. To, to I, being big, you know, to, or to, to making it, you know, uh, maybe, maybe it was different in Southern California because the entertainment industry, but definitely, you know, where I was from. So yeah, I was in some groups and they, they, they were pretty, um, you know, aimless and, uh, you know, until I, you know, created the Nation of Ulysses, which was really uh, started as kind of a literary thing. It was kind of a manifesto, a series of manifestos. And it was actually inspired by, um, by you know, uh, you know, the futurists, you know, Marinetti and the, sure. the Italian futurists. And um, some of those I guys think, uh, turned into fascists and shit, right? Yeah, but you know, incredible on, artwork, you know, though. Yeah, uh, early on, it's more their rhetoric, uh, and you know, you have to remember, fascism, in a in a sense, is the capitalist appropriation of leftism. Toward, like, it's a way to defang the threat of the working class and channel it into identity. You know, like identity. So. So a lot of the aesthetics, you know, the aesthetics of early fascism are kind of the same as, uh, you know, uh, Bolshevism. You know, they're kind of, you know, they, they were basically, you know, it's basically like new wave, you know. I mean, fascism is like the new wave. It's new wave to punk. You know, if punk is a threat to the music industry, then new wave was an appropriation 
in a way to... Yeah, in the 90s, uh, what they call it, alternative. I said, yeah, watch exactly. out for that Grunge fucking word. Watch out. Yeah, right. Now now what we got this outright shit, right? I said, D- don't... That word is fucking lame. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm not yeah. trying to say, say I told you so or anything like that. Look, I want to play some more of your early band, uh, the, this chain in the game. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you do construction. Man, I'll do destruction.
hoeing down the road Came upon a toad daddy Blew his load Uncle Pink Pong's down the road Loping along the open road Blackened skies, the open road The green on the sides of the open road Uncle Pink bumped along and what did he see?
You got to go. And if you do, let me know. With all these factories closing down, we're gonna make that sound.
there's a place you got to go. And if you do, let me know. I'm so For Pedro Show, that chunk of music started off with Chain and the Gang with Devitalized. Then we had Mike Molnar with The Lamprey at Dark, Cyrus Pira with Paths, Three Faces, Cyan O Acrylate from Drowse, brand new. Uh, improvisation number one for Jars and Lids from Tom Bloom, great cat. City. Uncle Punk Punk Pop from Ott out of Texas. Bahan Boy with Stokely's Rebellion. That's uh, uh, Amsterdam. A U.S. Crucifixion Blues the demo from Dan Jones and the Squids. They're Kansas City, Missouri. BFD Yeah, big fucking deal, right? So from SLW and Bob Bucko Jr., Sam Lock Ward, that's Iowa City. And then Rob Dobbinspeck with Wild Wessel. I don't know where the fuck he's from. But Chain of the Gang, another one of Ian's Prodges and uh, Detroit Music. So, so Ian, the thing that got it all going was the National Ulysses. Yeah, National Ulysses, yeah. It was a very controversial group. We really... Uh, we really, um, you know, we were, uh, you know, l- you know, loved and loathed and um, because of our approach, you know, to, um, you know, we because we brought in, you know, we just had this, you know, literature and, it was, you know, it was a, I, I feel like, you know, we were uh, challenging the um, the uh, the, you know, aesthetic, uh, you know, uh, <laughs> I don't know. We were we were just challenging, you know, what people were expecting, especially from a Discord band. You know, we put out our first single on uh, K and Discord. It was a split, uh, K Records and Discord Records, Calvin, and then yeah. the record came out on Discord. And you know, a certain thing, a certain kind of group was expected from you know Discord fans, and uh, you know, we were kind of a you know a curveball. So yeah, but you know, I gotta tell you, I think. Me, D. Boone, and Georgie, we were lucky. Uh, Hollywood punk in the 70s was like fucking whatever. <laughs> Some of them yeah. bands didn't even have guitar players. <laughs> Screamers, yeah. nervous gender. I mean, see, so that's where we learned it, you know. And, and actually, we were some of the younger people. These were people from like glitter and glam and shit. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was and you a very, remember uh, in those days how a couple of years meant a big deal. It, it, it plateaued, you know. Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, um, yeah. Well, by the time I was playing music, you know, the underground thing was very. It was. I, I'd say you know there was a lot of uh, you know invention and a lot of. Uh, I mean, it was definitely uh, you know that there was it was uh, it was an exciting a period but there was also a kind of orthodoxy in terms of 
being, you know, a rock band and you had to have the, you know, you had to have a, you know, well, do you have one or two guitars? And, you know, it was, it was pretty, pretty <laughs> orthodox. I mean, there, I'm not saying there wasn't great stuff happening because there was, and it was really exciting, but there was a lot of orthodoxy and, and we were, uh, yeah, I don't know. We were just, we were pretty incompetent, honestly. You know, we were just like really crazy, noisy and uh, very tell, physical. Tell, do you remember the first gig? Our first gig, uh, you know, I don't really remember the first gig. I remember our first gig with our our guitar player, um, which is when we kind of came into our own as a group, you know, because ba basically it was me and James and this guy Steve Croner and this guy Steve Gamboa. And then and we were just kind of feeling our way. Like it was like, a, you know, we were like swimming at, in the dark, you know, and then, uh, and then this guy, Tim Green came in and he kind of, uh, he sort of, uh, you know, it's one of those things where the magic ingredient is added and then everything else comes together. See. And the same, same thing happened in the makeup, you know, with, uh, Michelle May, Michelle May joined the band, you know, it was me and Steve Gambo and James and we've been, you know, playing, it was cool, but then Michelle came in and everything just made sense. So, uh, no, that's a trip about that kind of thing. Yeah. It's just that, that, and that's why, you know, sometimes a lot of times a group breaks up because nobody gets along with so-and-so and every, you know, the, you know, you muster up the, the courage to part ways and then it's never the same, you know, that happens a lot. Yeah. So even where the ingredient that you just like that you like think is like totally untenable, it's like it's actually the magic. And you know, that's the magic, the chemistry. Yeah. But you know, you've had several projects and you you treat them like okay, Nation Ulysses number one. What was the one after that? Uh then well then we were in a group called uh, Cupid Car Club, the same people basically. And then w that only lasted for uh, a summer. And then we started the makeup. Okay. And, yeah. yeah. And so then the makeup, makeup was pretty balls the, out. But I tell you, it reminds me of 70s Hollywood punk, where whatever you get up on the stage, you know, it's okay. Bring it. Exactly. Yeah. You just have to make do with the tools at your disposal. And, uh, you know, and the, you know, and you just, you know, you breathe life into it. Do you remember you know, the, the first important thing about the group is really the name, because if it's got to be a name that you can feel good about embodying. And if the name isn't good, then you're just kind of, you're just doomed. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I'm always thinking of that band crime, right? <laughs> With the police. Yeah, perfect. Know. Perfect name. Yeah, uh, yeah. But you know what? Ricky Sleeper drummed for them for a little bit. God, he was a beautiful singer, man. Look, do you remember the first makeup gig? Uh, the first makeup gig. Uh, not, you know, I don't really, I'm not sure which one was the first. It's a big blur, you know. It's remember, it's a lot for Peter show. There's no hard questions. There's no wrong <laughs> answers. <laughs> well, basically, you know, that's a hard question because we didn't start, we didn't have a name for a long time. We kept having a different name every show. And the the group makeup started in conjunction with these uh, DJ nights. We were doing these kind of soul dance parties, and we'd have bands play, 
and uh, and the groups were all coming out of our community. So we put on these shows with we called them the famous monsters. It was a review type show. So we'd have like we'd have you know the DJs and then we'd have you know some poetry and then we'd do different groups and the groups we we treated it like a kind of ready steady go thing with just you know a few songs by different groups and it was DC the DC scene at the time so it was like you know it was people like but this Christina Balot from uh, this was Christina Balot from Slant Six and her sister Mira um, and uh, and you know like the guys from you know ARE Weapons were living there and the guys from uh, you know that band um, you know like Chuck Bettis you know people like that all these all these uh, kind of like a lot of no wavy influenced people but, but not not 930 club it was uh, DC space people yeah it was like the D- exactly yeah. DC space yeah but, look, um, look yeah and Ian, you know we Ian, had, I got I got I don't mean to like cut rope but we're at the end of the first hour oh yeah <laughs> November yeah, yeah. 12 2022 edition Peter's special guest Ian Savonius whole time for hour two November 12, 2022, it's second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. We all know someone who got body snatched, taken away. We all wonder if there's something we could have done different to make him stay. Body snatched, taken away. Yo, my body, my body's snatching, baby. Yeah. 
we on this show when you got body snatched, you know, taken away. We all wonder if there's something we could have said different, you know, to make him stay. So don't take it personal. We just found something you couldn't provide. Yeah, don't get jealous. But right now, they're looking in somebody's eyes. Yeah, that's right. Some other girl or guy is saying, you're better than the last one, baby. So much better. <laughs> But don't take it personal. Yeah. They just got what we all need. Yeah. Late at night, we howl at the moon. We say, yeah. We say, body snatch, baby. I need.
I was gonna do what I haven't done Oh, I was gonna go, but I didn't come Oh, I was gonna win, but I never won I almost started up this month But I've forgotten how to have fun I was gonna sing what I haven't sung Oh, I was gonna stand, but I only hunched Oh, I was gonna finish, but I left a bunch I almost got me to get We never hung I was gonna say enough's enough I almost called on everyone But I forgot how to have fun Give you life, all oh, cause you played 
Is it just free to anybody, or do they? Yeah, it's an MP3 file, basically. And I'll give you a link to it when, uh, about like I said, an hour and a half after we get done. Look, I should say uh, we start off the second hour with escapism, body snatching, and then lo, we lost Sister Mimi, right? Fuck, Duluth, laser beam. Then uh, Rahu Sai B from, uh, yeah, Akshon Huntai, his buddies, Senora Sosa, Maharana, and Farandandi. Farandandi. Farandandini. Sorry. Fuck. Terrible. My Almighty Op with Forgotten How to Have Fun. Spencer Peppet with Scored Number 17. And Escapism again with. Crime wave rock. Enlighten us to the fucking escapism. You say it's basically you? Yeah, well, it's uh, me. And then, you know, I've uh, collaborated with a few uh, people, um, notably uh, Alexandra Cabral, who uh, I we made a film, actually, a feature-length film. It's kind of uh, the escapism movie. And um, it's, uh, it's shot on 16mm and... Um, and it's, it features the music of escapism, and it's based on the record that um, that the body snatcher is on. It's called the record's called the Lost Record, and it's a, a film about a record that was neglected and kind of, you know, wasn't given. You know, it wasn't. It was kind of just, you know, you know, this idea of the lost record. It's kind of a cliche. For, you know, record people, you know, oh, the lost record, Del Shannon's lost record or, you know, whatever. Or smile or, or pets, sounds. Or... 
Exactly. The lost record. It was neglected unfairly. It should have been big. So that's what the film is about. It's about the lost record. And this uh, woman finds this record and it's the lost record. And she, you know, has a relationship with the record. It like she sees it as a, uh, you know, a kind of, you know, a counter to the narr- the cultural narrative, you know, the the um, the oppressive cultural narrative that she exists in. And uh, anyway, but you got to see the movie to see how it ends up. But anyway, that's so the the. Um, yeah, so escapism, and then uh, the you know I also escapism. I also played with um, you know uh, with Michelle, who is in the makeup um, in escapism. So escapism is a um, it's a it's yeah it's a a group that's me, but occasionally I have a collaborator. And look, talk about makeup. Let's play some makeup. Yeah, are you pasting it in now? Yeah, I'm pasting. <laughs> Right. You're you're a fast learner.
got nothing to say But I'll say it anyway And if you know better Then I'll pass the mic your way Someday I got nothing to prove But I can make you shake and move
Show. That chunk of music started off with makeup doing pow to the people. Then a vast tight string conspiracy out of North Carolina with freakishly tall. Black Dahlia, the dwarf man, he's got a new record. Right? This uh, Ralph Champagne or something, Rick Champagne. No, nothing to say is a song. Anna uh, Butters. Australian uh, bass player, she's incredible. Limitations and Dogma, that's a that's a title. <laughs> I have a God. What's the the book of that asshole? Uh, right, he's the only Confederate uh, in the. What's his name? The Scottish right guy. Scott. Uh, Scottish. Morals and Dogma. He wrote a book. I got Morals and Dogma. Yeah, in. Uh, I don't know why I can't think of his name right now, but Freemason. Albert, uh, uh, is he, what year, what year are you talking about? Oh, well, you know, he fought the Civil War. Oh, eight, 18, uh, Albert Pike? Yeah, that's his name, Albert Pike. Yeah. That's his name, that's his name. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, where, Albert where? Pike, you know, funny, because Albert Pike, uh, you know, my mother worked at the Department of Labor in uh, Washington, D.C., yeah. and there was actually a statue of Albert Pike um, in the kind of like the, the Department of Labor building took up two city blocks. Uh, but there was this kind of uh, statue that had been left in the kind of, you know, in the kind of you know smoking area or something. It was one of these bronze statues of a guy on a horse. 
and nobody really ever paid attention to those statues. You know, they were kind of just like what, you know, it's like a bush, you know, or a tree or something. And, um, but when I was a kid, I would sometimes go and, um, you know, I'd have to meet my mom at work or, you know, at her work. And, uh, and there were all these guys hanging around outside the department of labor with this table of literature and they were, uh, advocating taking down the statue and this was a long time ago you know this was when i was a child and um they were uh lyndon larouche people oh remember them yeah so the <laughs> lyndon larouche people were the early libertarians you know yeah. and um god nobody and it, nobody talks about that anymore because they were that? the first people who were like, you know, with this idea of like ripping, you know, down statues. Do you know what I mean? Because now that's a very mainstream idea. But the libertarians were all, you know, they were all, they all kind of looked the same. They all looked kind of like, uh, you know, Bernard Getz or something, you know. <laughs> and they all had like a white shirt with a, you know, no tie, but, you know, kind of, you know, casual dress, dressed up. And, you know, they were all about 50, whatever. And, um, uh, so it was interesting and everybody ignored them, you know, but now that idea, you know, so when I hear about you're, the statues. You're talking about Albert Pike, right? Yeah, you're talking about Albert Pike, right. who was uh, the gray ghost, right? He was like. But the, they, they, the LaRouche people didn't want his statue. That, 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 Yeah, they were kind of a weird thing, right? A left, right, uh, whatever. Well, libertarianism, I mean, I'd, I'd say that the main, you know, maybe the goal for that is like if you take down the stat, you know, because now the statue thing is like it's extending to all statues. And if you think about like libertarian ideology, which is kind of the, you know, that's the kind of engine behind the digital you know, Silicon Valley, you know, is this kind of libertarianism. So when you really think about taking down the statues, it's about taking down you know, because now they're, you know, taking down the Thomas Jefferson statue or whatever and, you know, in New York and stuff. So it's like when you think about that, maybe that's like about getting rid of the symbol of gover government, you know what I mean? Like symbols of government or the idea of government being legitimate. But you start with a despicable character like Albert Pike or somebody who. Or, or what about it? you add your own statue? You put Arthur Ashe in that fucking uh Right in Richmond, they got a fucking little row of their uh, whatever treason uh, generals, and then there's Arthur Ash. Yeah, Arthur Ash. There's a good guy. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there's so many stuff we should be. You know what I mean? Uh, maybe you. you this is why I bring this up, Ian, because this is why D Boone. When I came up, D Boone asked me to come up with the name for the band, and actually, I used uh, minute. I, he. He made it one word. He said the, the, these motherfuckers are appropriating patriotic uh, symbols and stuff. And because I was making fun of us being from a, arena rock, minute men. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> but that's the truth. You know, it, it, it's trip out that kind of shit. So uh, in the timeline, escapism. Where 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 is it? How much uh, past makeup? Okay, well, so the, the chronology of the groups would be like, um, you know, the Nation of Ulysses, and then right. we did this group, Cupid Car Club. Then we did this group, The Makeup. Right. Then I made this record, you know, David Candy, uh, which was with this uh, great producer in England named Mike Alloway, 
who's just a a great visionary. And then uh, then I made this record with um, Michelle from the makeup called Weird War. And um, we made one record with uh, Neil Haggerty from Royal Trucks and another record we have actually Jennifer Harima um, from Royal, Royal Trucks singing on it. I meant to give you the track that she sings on. It's really great. It's called If You Can't Beat Them, Bite Them. Anyway, so that Weird War... Then I did this group called Chain and the Gang, and then yeah. uh, and then I did this. Uh, then you know I've, I I don't know I have several projects uh, going simultaneously right now. One is called Escapism, and then there's another one. Called oh, that Puma. is that is co- concurrent. Yeah, we're okay. gonna and, go and, uh, right. next hour I'm gonna play some too yeah. much. You gave me some uh, too much is of- like a disco record with my friend. He's a producer called Rich Morell. He's a, a, just a, a great a great man. And um, and then I have another group called XYZ, and I gave you one of the tracks. Oh, ah, yeah, group. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's this French guy named Didier. Uh, in uh, and our group is a south of France group, and that's uh, kind of that's where we exist. He lives in south of France, and we just live down there. Uh, either or that group lives down there psychically. Do you trade files? Sometimes I, I try to do it in person because I feel like I don't really perform very well remotely, you know? Yeah. I'm just like wondering to, because, you know. Person. I, like to, I like it to be a performance, you know? Sure, sure, but sure. I'm just saying. When Joe Strummer is like performing and he's like, you know, in the studio, you perform. You're, you know, in the old days, I think, you know, people like you look at the Rolling Stones in, uh, in you know, the Godard film when they're making Sympathy. It's like there's a whole crew there. They're like performing in the studio you know there there's a performance uh the blow up uh jeff beck's got a heart on look we're oh, at the yeah. end of the second hour november 12 2022 edition what peter show special guest ian Svavonius. hold tight for our three <laughs> november 12 2022 it's the third hour of the what from pedro show
record selection. I really know how to mix them good. I know, I know which song should follow which song. I know how to do it and make everybody feel
Talk for Pedro Show. We start off the third hour with too much doing. I want to be a DJ. You so I want to be a DJ is like, uh, you know, it's like, uh, you know, when I was a kid, I noticed that there was a lot of groups that would make a song that was kind of pandering to the DJ and they'd always get a lot of airplay like uh, Around the Dial by the Kinks from uh, Give the People What They Want. <laughs> and there was that song. Um, you know, not not the angry of, Samoans, though. They said, get off the air, Rodney, or some shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right, wow. you yeah. suck, right? You, you know. Did he play it? Did he play the song? I don't know, but he's cool. People, I mean, Jesus Christ, I love him. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I have a funny story about Rodney that um, my friend told me. Uh, you know, Glenn Friedman. Yeah, of course. Well, Glenn was, you know, the picture, producer picture. and manager for Suicidal Tendencies on their for, for their first record, and um, and when he was trying to break that record. He wanted uh, Rodney to play it. I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you this story, but anyway, uh, he wanted Rodney Rodney to play it, and um, Rodney uh, and the kind of payola was um, he had to take Rodney to Spago. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what? That that the song with the Pepsi, he did play that a lot. <laughs> yeah. So just a slice of pizza got him all that airplay. Isn't that incredible? Yeah, Spago, uh, for those listeners who don't know, Spago was a trendy L.A. eatery that, you know, Steve Martin and, you know, people like that would go to. Yeah, Beverly Hills, right? No, it's, it was Sunset Strip, I think. Is it, I think oh, it was oh, West Hollywood. Tower, then. Okay, West Tower Records. Well, you know, they're right next but, to each other. What did you say? They're right next to each other, Beverly Hills and West Hollywood. That's true. Man, yeah. you know, I'm Pedro, right? 30 miles south in the harbor. And it was such a trip when I first went up to those those parts. So tell me about this XYZ band. Okay, well, XYZ is uh, with this guy, Didier Balducci. He's a author and musician in uh, Nice, in Côte d'Azur, the French Riviera. And um, he's just, right. he just an esthete, and I've always admired him, and... I toured with his old band. Uh, they were called the Dum Dum Boys. I, they still exist. And um, when I was in the makeup and um, Dum Dum Boys is a, we, a Ig song. Wait, say it again. Ig's got a song called the Dum Dum Boys. He's singing about the Ashton Brothers, I think. Yeah, exactly. That's what it's named for, for sure. <laughs> so then, so, so then uh, yeah, so we were just always like, oh, we should, you know, make a record, and you know, so we made some records. Basically, as one does. Okay, then let's play. Let's play. What's what's this called? Let me let, let me try love. Right. Let me try love. Let me try love. Well, I tried everything, but there is to do.
some guy was being held from it by his feet. Well, he was dropped down and he hit the ground. And I approached him and I asked if there was anything I could do. He said, It's too late for me, I guess, but there's something I'd like to get off my chest. And would you listen, please? Well, I, I had to say yes. Listen to what he said. He said, I killed JFK on a sunny day with some other guys you still see walking around. I was on a grassy knoll, dressed like a hobo. You're with another guy, yeah, dressed like a clown. I said, wow, is that true? But he, he just turned blue, yeah. And then he said, he said, it's my time, I've got to go. Let this be a lesson. After that, I decided to take a walk by the seashore, and I was looking out at the ocean, a submarine surfaced, and I saw a guy get thrown off the deck. As he tried to swim ashore, he was badly mauled by sharks. He crawled onto the sand. I tried to give him a hand, but he said, no, it's too late for me. But you know, I got some stuff. I gotta confess. Yeah, and this is what he said. He said... I killed MLK for the CIA and Malcolm X for Federal Express. George Jackson, Fred Hampton, Bobby Hunt, and yeah, and all the rest. Yeah, this is what he said. He said, it's my time, I've got to go. Let this be a lesson. I kept walking, and I walked by this fast food establishment. There was a distinguished-looking guy inside, and he started choking on his French fries. We crawled out onto the pavement, yeah, and then he started to die. I tried to give him CPR, and he said no. But, Sonny, I got something to confess. I said, I'm no priest. He said, that's okay. Make this easy on me. This is what he had to say. He said, I faked the moon landing. I saved Hitler's brain. Yeah, it's in Argentina. But it controls the USA. Yeah, I, I fixed the post election. I did the October surprise. Yeah, I was the French connection. Yeah, I've got Ray Charles' eyes. I did the Gulf of Tonkin. Got Saddam to a day. I planned the Bay of Pigs. I put the number in his grave. He said, this is what he said. He said, 
spot for Pedro Show. Last music for this edition. Let me try love from XYZ. Then head boggle with radical no radar dub. Not radical. And then chain in the game. Deathbed confession. Yeah, tell me more about chain in the game because you just briefly mentioned. Well, Chain of the Gang was um, started as a kind of poetry project. Um, Calvin, basically, I was start. I, oh, I was doing this group called Felt Letters yeah. with uh, Brendan and um, this guy Tom, um, with Brendan from Fugazi and this yeah. guy Tom Bonnell, a, a painter. And uh, we were doing this group called Felt Letters, and um, and it was uh, yeah, I should have given you one of those records. Anyway, um, yeah, we, so we made, uh, we made some cool music and then, and then, uh, but I wanted to make a spoken word record. This was, uh, after weird war, uh, I was doing this group felt letters and then I, I wanted to do a spoken word record and Calvin Johnson from K records sure. had this great studio and he invited me to, uh, record my spoken word record. And, uh, as happens you know we just started making music with all the musicians um who just were hanging around uh you know up there at the time you know and i got this guy brett um who lived in detroit to play some guitar and uh i just had this great cast of characters so the group was always sort of just me and a bunch of people but there were there were the there were some principal, you know, group members at different times. There were like forty different group members. Forty, you know, but the, but there was but there was a couple people who were you know stayed you like know more core long right. period yeah. yeah more and um so in the beginning it was this guy uh, Brett Lyman and Fred Fred um, Thomas Lyman was, was that one of the uh, minor threat guys. No, no, this is like, um, these guys are like guys from uh, Detroit. Oh, okay. Ann Arbor, remember, Ann Arbor remember, Detroit. Did, Actually, Fred lived in the uh, the trailer park that Iggy grew up in. Ypsilanti. It's right next yeah, to Ann Arbor. In yeah. Ypsilanti. And um, it's a really nice trailer park. Yeah, yeah. And across, he said across the road was this golf course. And that's where he got his first gig was being a caddy, and it destroyed his fucking hip because the the clubs used to weigh a buttload then. Oh, I all that. Fucked it, yeah, fucked up his. That's what he told me. Well, that's how he made his I think his, his parents were weird uh, posture, and yeah. that's probably fifty percent well, of them. But he appeal. was also the swim champ in Val de Victoria, and his. Uh, I think both his parents were teachers. Ix really, uh, uh, yeah, intelligent cat, man. A lot knows a lot about culture. All those yeah. Stooges guys, Ronnie with history, Scotty with nature, Steve, uh, brother Steve McKay with politics. They were all. I know Stooges sound like stupid people, but they they are deep cats. No, uh, Michigan people, they're always kind of these uh, working class intellectuals. That's why I, I I just love it there. You know, it's just. It's my you know, favorite, uh, they favorite talk, American city. They told so. me about uh, going as. Uh, Kids, Roger Miller, I think his parents were teachers too there, and and they're you know the guy Misha Burma. Oh wow! Well, Ashton Brothers Roger knew Miller. about Roger Miller. Yeah, yeah, and you know Mike Kelly too, the guy who did the 
Mike Kelly, working class intellectual. There you go. That's what I'm talking about. I mean, there's so many. I mean, I mean, Detroit is just, it's just unbelievable. The amount of great music and, and innovation. Actually, I got on this plane. I was going to Sardinia. Escapism was playing in Sardinia. I got on a plane. I get to Munich for the, for the connecting flight. I see this guy there. I'm like, that guy is a jazz legend. I couldn't figure out which guy it was. I was like, who is that? I know who that is. I can't figure it out. And I go up to him and I'm like, hey, are you playing in Sardinia? Because he was on the same flight as me. And he's like, yeah, it was Roscoe Mitchell. Whoa. He, he was reading the book about himself that <laughs> had been put out by University of Chicago Press or something. And he immediately just started talking about John Sinclair and yeah. all the houses, you know, and how they had this like city block full of hippie communes and you know just ra radical stuff you know that's anyway that's roscoe no no me. it gave me a tour he rented a staying at the airport and drove me around ann arbor he said seeing that window there mike that's where john sinclair used to roll alanios <laughs> wait where it used to what uh, you know, mota uh, uh marijuana joint oh yeah yeah okay yeah what what what, what do you got going right now XYZ and too much. That's the most current thing. And escapism? Uh, no, well, escapism Escapism is what I normally play. Those those are more like studio projects. Um, escapism is my group. That's what I play all the time. And, and um, I just did a show. It was a review show at Zebulon with um, a lot of great Zebulon local, here. local stars. In SoCal. Uh, on Monday. Yeah, it's in LA now. It used to be in New York, but... Um, and then I'm going to go on tour in Europe in December. And, uh, I also have this book, um, that I'm putting out. It's an anti-literacy book <laughs> Great. and it's, uh, yeah, it's the book to end all books. It's the last book you'll ever have to read. It's called against the written word and it's on Akashic books, uh, which is the label that's, uh, run by, uh, Johnny Temple from, uh, girls against boys oh, and yeah. soul side. Okay, much respect. Well, man, uh, anytime you want, Ian, you're invited to the show, please. Well, Thank it's a real you. honor to be here, and uh, I just want to say thanks a lot, and it's just it's such a pleasure. <laughs> absolute, absolute. People, it's been November 12, 2022 edition. Wap Pedro shall keep your powder dry. <laughs> <laughs>